Ashley Brock reading Diane Palmer's book, The Last Mercenary, Chapter 6. What do you think? Micah asked her as he helped her onto the ramp that led down to the pier. It's beautiful, she said honestly. I expect it's even more impressive in the daylight. It is. He hesitated, turning back toward the men who were still on the boat. Bonjo, make sure we've got at least two guards on the boat before you come up to the house. He called to his associate, who grinned and replied that he would. Peter can help you. He added involuntarily. Kelly didn't seem to notice that he jets on both men who'd been friendly with her. Micah did. He did not like the idea of his men getting closer. It wasn't jealousy. Of course it wasn't. He was protecting her from complications. She looked around as they went up the wide graveled path to the house, frowning as she became aware of an odd noise. What's that sound? She asked Micah. He smiled lazily. My early warning radar. Huh? He chuckled. I keep a flock of geese. He explained, non toward a fence area where a group of big white birds walked around and swam in a huge pool of water. Believe it or not, they're better than guard dogs. Wouldn't a guard dog or two be a better idea? Nope, I've got a Mac inside. Before she could ask any more questions, the solid wood front door opened, and a tall, imposing man in khakis with gray sprinkled black wavy hair stood in their path. He was holding an automatic weapon in one big hand. Welcome home, boss. He's in a deep, crisp, accented British. He grinned briefly and raised two bushy eyebrows at the side of Kelly. Got her, did you? Got her and with no casualties, Michael replied, returning the grin. How's it going, Mac? No worries, but it'll rain soon. He shifted his weight, grinning missing a little. At least you're wearing the prosthesis now. Michael muttered as he herded Kelly into the house. Mac rubbed his hip against... After he closed the door and followed him. Damn thing feels funny, he said. And I can't run. He glowered at Micah as if the whole thing was his fault. Hey, Micah told him. Didn't I say duck? In fact, didn't I say it twice? Yes, said it, but I had my earphones in. Excuses, excuses. We even took up a collection for your funeral. Then you have to go mess everything up by living. <laughs> Micah grumbled. Oh, sure. After you lot had divided up all my possessions, Bonjo still got my favorite shirt and he won't give it back. <laughs> and he doesn't even wear shirts. He's using it to polish his gun. Mike cooks me. Says it's the best shine he's ever put on it. Callie was openly gaping at them. Micah's black eyes twinkled. We're joking, he told her gently. It's the way we let off steam so that we don't get bogged down in worry. What we do is hard work and dangerous. We have to have safety valves. I'll blow Bonjo's safety valve for him if he doesn't give back my shirt. I could shirt his boss. And you haven't even introduced us. Callie smiled and held out her hand. Hi, I'm Callie Kirby. I'm MacPherson, he replied, chicken. I took a mortal hit on our last mission, so I've got KP to so get used to this damn prosthesis. He had it lifting his right leg and grimacing. You better get used to it pretty soon, or you're going to be a permanent fixture in that kitchen, Mike assured him. No, I'd like to get Kelly settled. She's been through a lot. The other man became somber. She's not what I expected, Max said reluctantly as he studied her. I can't imagine, she said with a sad little smile. You're expecting a woman who was blonde and as good-looking as Micah. I know I don't look like him, before she could add that they weren't related. The older man interrupted. That isn't what I meant, Mac replied at once. She shrugged, smiled carelessly. Of course not. I really am tired of you. Come on, Mike said. Have you got something for sandwiches? Mike asked Mac. We didn't stop for food. Sure, 
Michael replied visibly uncomfortable. I'll get right to it. Michael led Callie down the long hall and turned her into a large, airy room with a pictured window outlooking the ocean, except for the iron bars. It looked very touristy. Mac does most of the cooking. We usually take turns, but after he was wounded and we found out that his father once owned a French restaurant, we gave him permanent KP. He glanced at her with a weary smile. We thought it might encourage him to put on the prosthesis and try to be rehabilitated. Apparently, it's working. He's very nice. He closed the door and turned her his face over. You meant that the sort of women I usually bring here is blonde and long-legged and buxom, and that they usually ignore the hired help. She flashed. He didn't have to explain, didn't I? His eyes narrowed on her face as a potential complication pressed its, presented itself when he thought about having Lizette take Callie on that shopping trip. The woman was extremely jealous, and Callie had been through enough turmoil already. I haven't told Mac or Lizette that we aren't related. It might be as well to let them continue thinking we are for the time being. She wondered why, but she wasn't going to lower her pride by asking. Sure, she said with careful indifference. No problem. Presumably, this Lynette wouldn't be, would be jealous of a stepsister, but not a real one. Mike obviously didn't want to cause waves. She smiled drowsily. I think I can sleep the clock around. If Maddie's her usual fishing self, she should have packed a nightgown for you. I don't have a count, she murmured absently, glancing at the case he'd put down beside the pajamas then. Uh... I don't wear those either. He stood up and looked at her pointedly. What do you sleep in? She clears out. Never mind. His eyebrows arched. Well, well, no wonder you locked your bedroom door when you lived with us. That wasn't the only reason, she said before she thought. His black eyes knew. You've had a hell of a life, haven't you? And now this on top of the past. She bit her lower lip. This door does have a lock, she persisted. I'm sorry. Spent my life behind locked doors. It's a hard habit to break, and not because of the way I sleep. The door has a lock. You can use it, but I hope you know that you're safe with me, he replied quietly. Seducing innocence isn't a habit with me, and my men are trustworthy. It's not that. If you're nervous about being the only woman here, I can get Lizette to come over and spend the night in this room with you, he added. No, she said, reluctant to meet his paramour. I'll be fine. You haven't been alone since it happened. He reminded her. It may be more traumatic than you think, especially in the dark. I'll be all right, Micah, she said firmly. He drew in an irritated breath. All right, but if you're frightened, I'm next door through the bathroom. She gave him a curious look. I'll wear pajama bottoms while you're in residence. He said dryly, reading her mind accurately. She cleared her throat. Thanks. <laughs> Don't you want to eat something before you go to bed? She shook her head. I'm too tired, Micah. Thanks for saving me. I didn't expect it, but I'm very grateful. He shrugged. Your family, he said fatly, and she grimaced when he wasn't looking. He turned and went out, hesitating before he closed the door. Someone will be within shouting distance night or day. Her heart ached. Still didn't see her as a woman. Probably never would. Okay, she said. Thanks, he closed the door. She was so tired that she was sure she'd been asleep almost as soon as she her head connected with the pillow, but that wasn't the case. Dressed only in her cotton brief, she lay awake for a long time, staring at the ceiling, absorbing the shock of the past two days. It seemed unreal now. 
Here, where she was safe, all her strong muscles began to lack. She tugged the cool, expensive designer sheet in a yellow rose pattern over her and felt her mind brief to brief, began to drift slowly into peaceful oblivion. Callie, Callie, the deep, forceful voice combined with steely fingers on her upper arms to shake her out of the nightmare she'd been having. She was hoarse from the scream that had dragged Micah from sleep, sent him running to the connecting door with a skeleton key. She was sitting up, both her wrists in one of his lean, warm hands, her eyes white with terror. She was shaking all over and not from the air conditioning. He leaned over and turned on the bedside lamp. His eyes were helpless to the f helpless <laughs> eyes went helplessly to the full high thrust of her tip tilted little breasts. Her nipples relaxed from sleep. She was so shaken that she didn't even f didn't even feel embarrassed. Her pale blue eyes were wild with horror. You're safe, baby, he said gently. It's all right. Micah came a sh Micah came a shout from outside the bedroom door. Bon it was Bonjo, alert as usual to an odd noise. Callie just had a nightmare, Bonjo. It's okay. Go back to bed. Sure thing, boss. Footsteps faded down the corridor. I was back in the chair at Lopez's house. That man had the knife again, and he was cutting me. She joked. Her wild, frightened eyes met I Micah's. You'll shoot me if they try to take me, and you can't stop them, right? She asked in a horse whisper. Nobody is going to take you away from here by force, he said gently. I promise. I can protect you on this island. It's why I brought you here in the first place. She sighed and relaxed. I'm being silly. Who was the dream? It was so real, and I was scared to death. Micah came back the minute I fell asleep, she shivered. Can't you hold me? She asked huskily, her eyes on his muscular hair, rough and chest. Looking at it made her whole body tingle. Just for a minute. Are you out of your mind? He crowned out. She searched his eyes. He looked on. Why not? Because his gaze fell to her breast. They were hard-tipped now, visible taunt with desire. His jaw clenched, his hands on his wrist on her wrist tightened roughly oh for heaven's sake i forgot sorry she tried to cover herself but his hands were relentless she cleared her throat and grimace. that hurts she complained on a nervous laugh tugging at his hands they loosened but only a fraction did you take those pills i gave you to make you sleep yes suddenly yes well they didn't keep me asleep she blinked she smiled drowsily she felt very uninhibited he was looking at her breasts and she liked it her head felt back her head fell back because he hadn't turned her loose. His hands weren't bruising anymore, but they were holding her wrists firmly. She arched her back sensuously and watched the way his eyes narrowed and glittered on her breasts. She saw his body tense, and she gave a husky, wicked little laugh. You like looking at me there, don't you? She asked, vaguely aware that she was being reckless. He made a rough sound and met her eyes again. Yes, he said finally. I like it. <laughs> I wanted to take my clothes off for you when I was just sixteen. She can. She confined it absently as her tongue ran away with her. I wanted you to see me. I ached all over when you looked at me that last Christmas. I wanted you to kiss me so hard that it would bruise my mouth. I wanted to unbutton your shirt and pull my dress down and let you hold me like that. She shivered helplessly at images that rushed into her reeling mind. You're so sexy, Micah, she whispered huskily. So handsome. And I was just playing in my breasts for small. Nothing like those beautiful buxom women you always dated. I knew you'd never want me the way I wanted you. Sugar gently Callie, for God's sake, hush, <laughs> he grated. His whole body tensing with desire at the 
imaginary she was creating. She was too relaxed from the sleeping pills to listen to warning. She smiled lazily. I never wanted anybody to touch me until then, she said softly. Men always seem repulsive to me. Did I ever tell you that my mother's last lover tried to seduce me? I ran from him and he knocked me down the stairs. I broke my arm. My mother said it was my fault. She took me back to the foster home. She said I was a troublemaker and told lies about what happened. Dear God, he explained. So after that, I wore floppy old clothes and no makeup and pulled my hair back so I looked like the plainest old maid on earth. And I acted real tough. They left me alone. Then my mother married your dad, she had, and I didn't have to be afraid anymore. Except it was worse, she murmured drowsily, because I wanted you to touch me, but he didn't like me that way. He said I was a tramp. Like my mother. I didn't mean it, he ground out. I was only trying to spare you more heartache. You were just a baby, and I was old enough to know better. It's the only way I knew to keep you at arm's length. You wanted my mother, she accused miserably. Never. He said it sounded utterly disgusting. She was hard as nails, and her idea of femininity was complete control. Completely controlled. She was the most mercenary human being I ever met. Her pale blue eyes blinked as she searched his black ones curiously. You said I was too. You're not mercenary, honey, he replied quietly. You never were. She sighed and her breast rose and fell, drawing his attention again. I feel so funny, Micah, she murmured. Funny how? He asked without thinking. She laughed softly. I don't know how to describe it. I feel like I'm throbbing. I feel swollen. She was describing sexual arousal when he was fighting it like mad. He drew in a long, slow breath and forced himself to let go of her wrists. Her arms fell to her sides, and he stared helplessly at the thrust of her small, firm breasts. It's so sad, she said. The only time you've ever looked at me or touched me was because I was hurt and needed medical attention. She laughed involuntarily. You have to stop this right now, he said firmly. Stop what? She asked with genuine curiosity. He lifted the sheet and placed it over her breast, pulling one of her hands up to hold it there. She glowered at him as he got as he got to his feet. That's great, she murmured. That's just great. Are you the guy in a strip teaser yells, Put it back on He chuckled helplessly. Not usually, no. I'll leave the door between our rooms and the bathroom open. You can swing out if you get scared again. Gosh, you're brave, she said. Aren't you afraid to leave your door unlocked? I might sneak in there and ravish you in your sleep. I wear a chastity belt. He said with a perfectly straight face. Her eyes widened, and suddenly she burst out laughing. He went, That's more like it. Now lie back down and stop trying to seduce me. When you wake up and remember the things you've said and done tonight, you'll blush every time you look at me. She shrugged, I guess I will, from What was in those pills? <laughs> a sedative. Obviously, it has an unpredictable reaction on you, he commented with a long, amused look. Other that, or I've discovered a brand new aphrodisiac makes retiring virgins wanton, apparently. She glared up at him. I am not wanton, and it wasn't my fault anyway. I was very scared, and you came running in here to flaunt your bare chest at me, she pointed out. You were the one doing the flaunting, he countered. I'm going to have Lizette buy you some gowns, and while we're here, you'll wear them. I don't keep condoms handy anymore, <laughs> he added bluntly. She flushed and gasped oddly. Micah? Steal, she burst out horrified at the crude remark. Don't pretend you don't know what one is. You're not that naive, but that's the only way I'd ever have sex with you, even if I lost my head long enough to stifle my conscience. He added bluntly, because I don't want kids or a wife ever. 
I've already told you that I'm not proposing marriage. <laughs> you tried to seduce me, he accused. You tempted me. In fact, you drugged me. He was not trying not to laugh. I never... He defended himself. I gave you a mild sedative. A very mild sedative. It was probably Spanish fly. She thought I read about what it's supposed to do to women. He gave it to me deliberately so that I'd flash my breast at you. Make suggestive remarks, no doubt. He pursed his lips and lifted his chin, muffling laugh. For the record, you've got gorgeous breasts, he told her. But I've never seen myself as a tutor for sensuous virgins. In case you were thinking along those lines. She felt that compliment down to her toes and tried not to disgrace herself by showing it. Apparently didn't think her breasts were too small at all. Imagine that. There are lots of men who just love to have sex with me, she told him only. What a shame that I'm the only one you'd submit to. She glared at him. Weren't you going back to bed? She asked Bunny. I might as well. If you're through undressing for me. I didn't undress for you. I sleep like this. I bet you didn't before you moved in with my father and me. He yelled softly. Her flesh was a dead good one. And you never locked your bedroom door at home. He added. For all the good it did me. She said grimly. I never get. I never got my kicks as a voyeur. Especially with precocious teenagers. He told her. You're much more desirable now, with a little age on you. Not, he added, holding up one, on the, one lean hand, that I have any plans to succumb. You're a pig offense sort of woman. <laughs> and you like yours in combat gear with muscles, she retorted. His eyes sketched her body under she. If I ever had the urge to marry, he said slowly, you'd be at the top of my list of prospects, Callie. You're kind-hearted and honest and brave. I was proud of you in the jungle. She smiled. Are you really? I was terribly scared. All of us are when we're being hunted. The trick is to keep going anyway. He pushed her down gently with a sheet up to her neck and her head on the pillow, and he tucked her in very gently. Go back to sleep. He said, tracing a pat down her cheek with a lean forefinger. Forefinger, he smiled. You can dream about having wild sex with me. <laughs> I don't have a clue about how to have wild sex, she pointed out. She lifted both eyebrows and her eyes twinkled as she gave him a wig and I bet you're great in bed. I am, he said without false modesty, but he had his own. You're a virgin. First times are painful and embarrassing. Nothing like the torrid scenes in those romance novels you like to read. <laughs> You're in a drowsy rat. I figured that. <laughs> he had to get out of here. He was aroused already. Wouldn't take much to tempt him, and she'd been through enough already. He tapped her on the tip of her neck. Sleep well. Micah? Can I ask you something? She murmured, blinking as she tried to say, Go ahead. What did my mother see that made her think she didn't entice you that night we had the blow-up? Are you sure you want to know? He asked. Because if you do, I'll show you. Her breath counter was open. Her heart pounded. She looked at him with uninhibited curiosity and hunger. I'm sure. Okay, your choice. <laughs> he unsnapped his pajama bottoms and let them fall. She saw this. He said quietly. Her eyes went to the part of him that the pajamas had hidden. She wasn't so naive that she hadn't seen statues, photographs and magazines, or naked men. But he sure didn't look like any of those pictures. There were not no white lines on him anywhere. He was solid muscle, tanned and exquisitely male. Her eyes went helplessly to the part of him that was most male. She almost gasped. <laughs> He's impressive, even to an innocent. You understand what you're saying, Callie? He asked quietly. Yes, she managed in a husky whisper. You're, you're aroused, aren't you? He nodded. When I got away from you that Christmas night, I was like this, just from being close to you. He explained quietly his voice. The slacks I was wearing were tailored to fit properly. 
so it was noticeable. Your mother was experienced, and when she saw it, she thought it was because of her. She was wearing a strappy little silver dress. She had an inflated view of her own charms. I found her repulsive. I didn't know men looked like that. Her lips parted as she continued to stare at him. Are you... I mean, is that normal? I do occasionally inspire envy in other men, he murmured with a helpless laugh. He pulled his pajama trousers back up and snapped them in place, almost shivering with the hunger to throw himself down on top of her and ravish her. She had no idea of the effect that wide-eyed curiosity had on now, I'm getting out of here before it gets any worse, he said in a tight voice. Good night. <laughs> she stretched, feeling oddly swollen and achy. She stretched, feeling unfamiliar, like waves of pleasure washing over at the intimate sea they just shared. She noticed that his face wouldn't even taunt her as he watched her stretch. It felt good, but she was really sleepy. And her eyelids felt heavy. Her eyes began to go, gosh, I'm tired. I think I can sleep. Now, her voice trailed off as she sighed heavily and her whole body relaxed in the first stages of sleep. He looked at her with pure temptation. She'd been sedated, of course, or she'd never had been so uninhibited with him. He knew that, but it didn't stop the frustration and desire he felt from making his powerful body. I'm so glad that one of us can sleep, he murmured with icy sarcasm, but she was already asleep. He gave her one last wistful stare and went out the room quickly. Next morning, Callie awake, awoke after a long and relaxing sleep, feeling refreshed. Then she remembered what had happened in the middle of the night, and she was horrified. She searched through the bag Micah's friend had packed for her, looking for something concealing and unnoticeable, but there wasn't a change of clothing. She only had the jeans and shirt she'd been wearing the day before. Grimacing, she put them back on and ran a brush through her short, dark hair. She didn't bother with makeup at all. When she went into the kitchen... Expecting to find it empty, Micah was going over several sheets of paper with a cup of black coffee in one big hand. He gave her a quick glance and watched the blush cover her right cheekbones. His lean, handsome face broke into a wicked grin. Good morning, you all. All rested, are we? Ready for another round of show and tell? She ground her teeth together and avoided looking directly at him. She poured herself a cup of coffee from the coffee maker on the counter and added creamer to it. I was drugged. She said defensively, sitting down at the table. She couldn't make herself look him in the eye. Really? You should know, she returned cordially. You drugged me. I gave you a mild sedative, reminder. He gave her a mischievous glance. But I'll be sure to remember the effects. She cleared her throat and sipped her coffee. Can you find me something to do around here, she asked. I'm not used to sitting around doing nothing. I phoned Lissa about 30 minutes ago, he said. She'll be over at 10 to take you shopping. So soon? she asked curiously. You don't have a change of clothes, do you? Yes, she shook her head. No. Maddie travels light and suspects everyone else to as well, he explained, especially in tight quarters. I'll give you my credit card. I have my own, she said at once, embarrassed. Thanks, but I pay my own way. So he said, he eyed her over his coffee cup. I won't expect anything in return, he added, in case that thought crossed your mind. I know that, but I don't want to be obliged to you any more than I already am. You sound like me at your age, he mused. I never like to accept help either. But we all come to it, Callie. Sooner or later. She let out a slow breath and sipped more coffee. I couldn't repay you in a hundred years for what you did for me, she said gently. You risked your life to get me out of there. All day. All in a day's work, honey, he said as well. Besides, he had a, I had a score to settle with Lopez. His face hurt. I've got an even bigger one to settle. Now, I have to put him out of action before he organizes his men, his men, and goes after that. End of chapter 6.